98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. The chief executive welcomes the rise in international travel since Hong Kong dropped hotel quarantine, but says public health must remain the top priority. A charity focusing on eye care says Hong Kong people don't pay enough attention to their eye health after finding that many have never had their eyes checked. And North Korean state media say the country's military has test-fired two long-range strategic cruise missiles. Chief Executive John Lee has hailed an increase in international travel since the SAR dropped hotel quarantine for new arrivals. However, he's cautioned that further reopening needs to strike a careful balance between economic activities and health. Speaking at a British Chamber of Commerce event, Mr Lee said he was acutely aware of the concerns of the community on the pace of opening up, but public health remained a key priority. Why do we have to be careful in managing risks? Two reasons. First, we have to protect our high-risk population, especially the elderly and the very young. We are talking about human lives here. We cannot afford to do nothing. We want to reduce the number of critical cases and fatalities as much as we can. Second, we must do our utmost to ensure that our public health system will not be overwhelmed. Mr Lee said the SAR could look forward to some exciting moments in the coming months with representatives of more than 100 major financial institutions expected for next month's Global Financial Leaders Investment Summit and the return of the Hong Kong Rugby Sevens. He said more international events were also planned. In the longer term, he said the SAR would see compelling and still entirely unknown opportunities. What I can tell you is that we are building the road to bountiful future, to the economy and the community we want for Hong Kong, for ourselves, for our businesses and our families. That role is planned as a multi-lane, multi-layered superhighway. While there may be bends along the way, the road and the prospects it will bring are designed to deliver to take us where we want to go. The chief executive said his maiden policy address next week would feature measures to attract and retain talent from abroad. He also said he'd make his first overseas visit as leader next month to attend the Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation Leaders Meeting in Bangkok. An expert panel advising the government on COVID vaccines is meeting this afternoon to decide on the appropriate time interval between the BioNTech jabs tailored for babies and young children. That's according to a member of the panel, Dr Yao Yu, Lao Yulong. He was speaking a day after the government approved the emergency use of the vaccine's infant and children formula in Hong Kong, although it's not known when the drug will reach the SAR. Dr Lao noted the World Health Organization advised a four- to eight-week window between the first and second shots to provide better protection while reducing the chance of side effects such as heart muscle inflammation. Hong Kong's epidemic situation has been improving, but cases are rising again. So it's a dilemma. Perhaps we'll recommend a certain degree of flexibility after today's meeting. We'll see. Hong Kong always puts safety first. A charity which focuses on eye care says Hong Kong people aren't paying enough attention to their eye health after its survey found that more than half of respondents had never had their eyes checked. Orbis, together with the Hong Kong Ophthalmological Society, surveyed more than 6,000 residents last month and found 40% were at medium or high risk of contracting an eye disease. Emmy Lee is the Society's Vice President and a volunteer doctor at Orbis. 
I think the main reason is that many of the people, they thought that if they are seeing okay, seeing fine, then they don't need an eye checkup. But in fact, that is not the case because there are many eye diseases that in the early stage, the symptoms are, are not that obvious. So if you at a particular age, like over 50 euros, or you have uh, any family history of eye disease, you're at higher risk of eye diseases, it may be worthwhile that you receive a comprehensive eye checkup, even if you do not experience any uh, eye symptoms or eye discomfort. Turning overseas now, and North Korean state media say the country's military has test-fired two long-range strategic cruise missiles. They reportedly flew for 2,000 kilometres over the sea. The BBC's Ben Lowings reports. North Korea's state news agency, KCNA, said the operation had been successful and was aimed at enhancing the reliability of tactical nuclear weapons. It added that the North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un, had overseen the missile's launch and had expressed what it called his great satisfaction at the operation. It quoted Mr Kim as saying the test firing was a clear warning to Pyongyang's enemies, adding that North Korea would continue to expand its nuclear force to resolutely deter any military crisis. A jury in the U.S. state of Connecticut has ordered the conspiracy theorist Alex Jones to pay $965 million U.S. million in damages to the families of victims of the Sandy Hook massacre. Twenty small children and six adults were killed in the mass shooting at the Sandy Hook Elementary School in 2012. Jones, a far-right broadcaster, falsely claimed for years that the incident was staged by the U.S. government to try to introduce tighter gun controls. The BBC's Gary O'Donoghue reports from Washington. It's an absolutely vast award and so far we haven't been able to find an example of, of such a big award against an individual rather than a corporation or anything like that. Now, that's not to say these families are going to see any of that money or anything like that kind of money uh, because Alex Jones doesn't have it. And of course there is another defamation trial coming down the road at him as well. So there's another group who uh, will be expecting these sorts of uh, awards to be paid out. We'll see what, what money actually shakes down at the end of it. School principal Dawn Lefferty Hoxbrung was killed trying to protect her students during the shooting. Her daughter Eric Lefty Gabatini welcomed the verdict. After almost a decade of threats and messages from conspiracy theorists led by Jones, this is a moment years in the making. Since the shooting, I wish I could just call my mom and tell her about it. The truth matters and those who profit off of other people's pain and trauma will pay for what they have done. There will be more Alex Joneses in this world, but what they learned here today is that they absolutely will be held accountable. The United Nations General Assembly has voted overwhelmingly to condemn Russia's attempts to annex four regions of Ukraine. 143 member states backed the resolution. President Biden said the vote sent a clear message to Moscow that it couldn't erase a sovereign state from the map. Ukraine's ambassador to the UN, Sergei Kuzlitsia, welcomed the result of the vote. I think we just witnessed a very important, perhaps I even say historic moment in the General Assembly in the 21st century. I would like to express our sincere appreciation to our European, North American, Latin American, Central American, Asian, Pacific partners, because they show that we can be united in spite of all the criticism that oftentimes we hear from different quarters, from our politicians, from our citizens. 
Amnesty International has accused the Latvian authorities of violently pushing migrants back across the border into Belarus and even subjecting some to torture. Amnesty's latest report follows its similar accounts of abuses against migrants by Belarus, Poland and Lithuania. The BBC's Warren Bull reports. Amnesty International says a state of emergency introduced by Latvia last year suspended the right to seek asylum in four border areas and allowed security officials to conduct forcible returns. It quotes one Iraqi man, Hassan, who said the border guards would make asylum seekers strip naked, beat them and force them to cross back into Belarus. Others reported being held in heavily guarded tents where their mobile phones were confiscated and they were forced to sign papers authorising their return to a country of origin. In a response to amnesty, the Latvian government said it was right to prevent illegal immigration while adhering to its international obligations. The United States and Mexico have agreed a joint plan to prevent Venezuelan migrants crossing their land border. The U.S. will allow 24,000 Venezuelans to fly directly into the country and stay for up to two years. The BBC's Will Grant has more. The humanitarian programme for Venezuelan migrants would be based on a similar model called Uniting for Ukraine, which offered safe haven to more than 100,000 Ukrainians who fled their country after Russia invaded earlier this year. In the Venezuelan case, it's estimated that more than 6 million people have left the South American nation during recent years of deep economic hardship, political turmoil and violence. If the Venezuelan scheme echoes the Ukrainian one, family members or sponsors in the US would be allowed to host the new immigrants as long as they could provide them with financial support. Lebanon's health ministry has announced the country's first death from cholera. The waterborne disease was first detected there earlier this month and the number of infections has reached 26. It's thought likely that cholera spread to Lebanon from neighbouring Syria where it's claimed dozens of lives. Scientists in Australia have grown a collection of brain cells in a lab, wired it to a computer and taught it to play the 1970s tennis video game Pong. The researchers say the mini-brain can sense its environment and has the potential to adapt quickly like the human brain. Writing in the journal Neuron, they say the technology could lead to improved artificial intelligence. Dr Brett Kagan led the research. Right now we have the chance for drug discovery, disease modelling and understanding intelligence. The next stage could open up options such as cybersecurity management or uh, more autonomous devices. And finally, perhaps you could even lead to sentient and fully autonomous robots that can act and change in the real world. Britain's Prime Minister Liz Truss is facing pressure from MPs within her own Conservative Party to revise her tax-cutting plans. Ms Truss insisted she had a good meeting with a panel of party backbenchers yesterday, but also said she was accused of trashing blue-collar conservatism. Last month, the government unveiled tax cuts to be funded by borrowing, but investors took fright, sending yields on bonds soaring and weakening the British pound. Sport, and we start with football's European Champions League, where Barcelona are in danger of going out in the group stage for the second season in a row. The Spanish Giants were held to a three-all draw by Inter at the Nou Camp. To qualify for the last 16, Barca need to win both of their remaining group games and hope that Inter don't win any of their final two matches. The BBC's John Bennett was watching. 
It was all going to plan for Barcelona at half-time after Dembele had fired in from close range. But four minutes after the break, it all started to go wrong. Piquet played Barella onside for the equaliser, then Inter's Martinez ended his eight-game goal drought. As Barca piled forward, Lewandowski made up for a number of misses when his shot deflected in to make it 2-2, before over 90,000 fans were stunned when Gosens gave Inter the lead again after a great Martinez cross. Barca, though, never gave up and Lewandowski equalised again in injury time before Aslani wasted a great chance to win it for Inter near the end. An incredible game, but Barca's chances of reaching the knockout stages of the Champions League are hanging by a thread. In the same group, Bayern Munich reached the last 16 with a 4-2 win over Victoria Pilsen. Napoli, uh, sorry, Napoli also progressed by beating Ajax 4-2 to stay perfect in Group A. Liverpool a second. Mohamed Salah scored a six-minute hat-trick, the fastest three goals ever recorded in the history of the competition as Liverpool destroyed Rangers 7-1, a win that pleased the manager, Jurgen Klopp. It changed the mood, definitely. It's completely different. Um, we usually drink a beer after after away games. Uh, it's that long ago that I drank a beer. We'll be probably drunk after the one. So um, um, yes, it changed the mood completely, and um, that's it's good. Tottenham are top of Group D after beating 10-man Eintracht Frankfurt 3-2. Son Heung-min scored twice for Spurs while Harry Kane converted from the penalty spot. Marseille second in the group after a 2-0 win over Sporting Lisbon, who had two players sent off. Atletico Madrid face a tall task to qualify for the last 16 after a goalless draw with club Bruja, who made it into the group stage for the first time. Porto are just behind them in Group B after a 3-0 win at Bayer Leverkusen. In the NFL, the Miami Dolphins quarterback, Taigo Vailoa, has returned to practice for the first time since being taken to hospital after suffering a head injury against the Cincinnati Bengals last month. Four days prior to that injury, he'd left the field during a game after a blow to the head. The player is limited to throwing, which qualifies as non-contact activity, but there's no timeline for a return to play. Baseball and in Game 2 of the National League Division Series between the reigning World Series champions in Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies, the Braves secured a series-leveling 3-0 victory over the Phillies after a sixth-innings rally. Meanwhile, Hugh Darvish and Manny Machado returned to haunt their former club as the San Diego Padres snatched a series-leveling 5-3 road victory over the Los Angeles Dodgers in the Major League Baseball playoffs. And to end the and a quick look at the weather, we can expect it to be mainly fine and very dry this afternoon with cloudy periods tonight and moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds occasionally strong offshore later on. And the outlook, it'll be mainly fine in the next couple of days, but it will become windy and cooler early next week with temperatures dipping to about 20 degrees on Tuesday and Wednesday mornings. Currently it's 29 degrees Celsius, humidity is 45%. The red fire danger warning is in effect. Now to end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive welcomes the rise in international travel since Hong Kong dropped total quarantine, but says public health must remain the priority. And North Korean state media say the country's military has test-fired two long-range strategic cruise missiles. The news from RTHK. On your radio and live online, this is The Brew Till Two.
looking for my star sign. Oh, everything is tie dye. I don't wanna live a lie. So how am I supposed to feel right? How am I supposed to get up on the feeling? I see crowds of millions there. and summer is over it's the brew part two uh, until two ten minutes or so we're off to singapore our weekly visit to chef neil tome's kitchen for a ready to go on the trot recipe from naught to finish he'll be on facebook live as well find us on our brew page